0: What's up y'all? Welcome to this week's installment of the Socially Distant podcast with Josh and geeb This is our What's third installment. What's up y'all? Um, What's up? What's up? What's up? We got a we got a very special episode for y'all today. Um it's a it's an episode of first <clears throat> if uh, episode first, if that makes sense. Um it's our first today's our first interview on the podcast, you know what I'm saying? We having our first guest today. We'll get into that a little bit later. And then today is our first episode without M as an official cast member. We also going to get into that a little bit later. But first, um I'm just going to give it off to Josh with the re- with the weekly Corona update. All right, so first off, away, my boy
1: First off, if I see any of y'all coming at me wearing these headsets, I'm right at y'all in the comments, (laughs) just so y'all know. All right, (laughs) We're here for the smoke in the
0: comment section. Please comment with some smoke, because we're here for it. All
1: right, and then uh, second off, we want to thank our new unpaid intern, Shuren, for this weekly Rona update. She's been working her ass off, all the shit you've seen on uh, Instagram and Twitter. That's all her. We appreciate all that hard work from her. Yeah, so. definitely.
0: Um we 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 definitely did a little bit of the social media thing, but uh but uh we wanna put we wanna put as much time into the content as we can. Uh so she she decided that she was gonna help us out with the with the social media aspect of the of the podcast because we wanna have a, a 360 approach to 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 our platform. We we don't wanna just um <clears throat> put out the podcast and and then not have a good social media to go along with it so exactly. we really appreciate we really appreciate trend for doing that and um
1: also shout out laura for on, the uh shout,
0: shout out, out laura for the better. new
1: uh shout out laura for the new uh what's it called uh the new cover art yeah new cover art shout out to her for that too all right but yeah. uh and, and okay. shout out
0: to cc for the old one
1: yeah you know the vibes. all right
0: you, you got any more
1: shout outs before we get into this
0: uh no no more shout outs bro we can right. just get straight into the weekly corona, bro. All
1: right. So, uh, what Shirin has wrote up about, remember to continue uh, the self quarantine and stay aside. Globally, the coronavirus has over 1.5 million confirmed cases with uh, 350,000 recoveries and 1, 100,000 fatalities. The U.S. Uh, toll death has surprised Italy's with the total uh, amount of deaths with 19,000, and Italy has a total of 18,000. Um, right, bro. Right. Uh, remember they were saying like, this wouldn't even like affect us like that. Crazy. Yeah.
0: I remember, I remember what they were saying, bro. They was capping to us. That's why, honestly, that's why I don't, I don't blame the people, the citizens for not taking it as seriously as they should have, because they didn't know. And what they was being told is, oh, we going to have it figured out soon. So they was just going on about their regular life. So I, I really can't blame uh, the people who were in the beginning not taking it that serious. Now, if you still trying to run around, be outside, uh, then then that's on you.
1: You do yeah. it. So uh, as we uh, stated in the last podcast, this is the two and a half week mark. So everything should. This is why, like, we're the most uh, death tolls and everything like that. This is like the worst period that we stated before.
0: So yeah, like it's uh, I... peak now. Now it's like at its peak. So. Uh, it's going to, like affect the most people right now and um, that's definitely how it's looking because the number is definitely going up and if you if you feel any symptoms like make sure you you go get checked out because because if you don't go get checked out then you could you could be putting other people around you at risk even if it's like the most minor symptoms and you feel good the next day still make sure you you uh, go see if you get a test.
1: Yeah, real well, shit. So like that's why from here, uh, who's the guy? That's Dr. Anthony. What was his last name?
0: Fauci. Fauci. Yeah, that's the boy. Well, Dr. Fauci been Dr. Fauci been everywhere talking said, about the yeah, Ronin. So like, yeah, if you want some, if you want some good quality information on on uh on the coronavirus, you know, just look up Dr. Fauci. He been everywhere over the past few weeks. Yeah, um, and he
1: said that after this week we should be like a turn for the good. So hopefully we should be out the crib. Like the next, I don't know, couple A weeks, weeks maybe. Hopefully. Because I know we're not
0: getting out on the 30th, bro. We ain't no way. Yeah, we're definitely not getting out on the 30th. That's dead. Um, but just um, make sure even when we do get outside, just just keep on making sure you take precautions because it is gonna be another wave of this in the fall too. And we trying yeah. to make we trying to make that go as smoothly as possible.
1: All right, then last thing Trent wrote, uh, the top British scientist of Oxford University, Sarah Gilbert said there's an 80% chance that there will be a vaccine by September. Like every week they're collecting more and more data about the vaccine. So we'll like see. I
0: said, we already talked about a vaccine last week. Y'all got that. I don't want no parts of it. <laughs> I'm cool. Uh, y'all good. Um, So I know a lot of y'all been asking me questions about this. You know what I'm saying? Um, there have been a lot of people in my DM since we posted our statement. Um, people have been texting me about it. Um, they want to know what happened with M. Uh I definitely, I definitely think I did a good job of describing it without uh, putting out anything too personal, I guess, um, in, in the statement that I did release. But um, we do want to be as transparent as we can be with our listeners, you know what I'm saying? Give them full access into what's going on at all times with, with the socially distant pod. So we uh we thought that we would just uh expound on on what led up to this. And I know Josh got a lot more to say than I do about it. So I'm just gonna go first and say that um <clears throat> there were issues uh between them two that that I would say predated the podcast. Um but you know it was always like nothing that couldn't be sorted out or figured out but you know over time things do things do uh take a toll on 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 a relationship between two people so you know i think that it just reached reached the point where it wasn't worth salvaging to the, either of them in my opinion which is okay because, you know, people outgrow each other all the time. And that's, I think that's what I feel like happened. They just had um, two different perspectives on how to deal with a situation, which is fine. But I think that they decided that it would be best to uh, not continue the friendship. And with that came M's departure from, the sdp so josh if you care to elaborate on oh, you don't you don't your I you don't your professional situation you don't your professional answer bro i might i might piggyback if if i if i see fit but uh yeah i'm i'm done for right now
1: all right so let's get it right into it let's get right into the shits yeah all right cuz i don't like how my name getting dragged around in these fucking streets right now all right so, what happened was we were having an, a conversation in our group chat. If I remember correctly, you, you tell me when I'm capping or what if I'm not capping, right? I was,
0: you know, you know, I'm, I'm, you always, keep always keep you always, honest, bro. Always keep keep you always keep me honest. honest. Yeah. All right, so I made a
1: joke in the group chat. I just said like, "Oh, me and M want to be friends if, uh, if I never wanted her or whatever." So being the person I am, wait, wait, I, wait,
0: wait, you gotta give a background. Though. You gotta give a background. I, you want me to give the background? Give a give a little background with some context, cause that that without context how much background, is a little... how, much,
1: how much background you want me to give?
0: Just about me not, not explain what, said. what yeah, I said
1: no, there. Just about, what I said
0: there? Just just why you said what you said?
1: Oh, because she was talking about how how her freshman year, like how her and her friends were like so hot and everything, and how like her one friend. Uh, had a boyfriend or whatever. And I was just jokingly said like, Oh, if she didn't have a boyfriend, like they were, we wouldn't be friends cause I would have went after her because I wanted her or something like that. I'm getting my point across. Right.
0: Yeah. Now, Okay. I, what I will say about that is I understand. I do understand what you were saying and I understand that, you know, that wasn't meant to be an insult at all, but I do understand how someone can take that as an insult, at the okay, bro? Time.
1: Okay, bro, but you know, bro, every single time you offend somebody, we've had to go back and apologize. If we we're apologizing for our whole entire life, we would be apologizing every single day, every though. single hour. I'm not apologizing either for something that's honest, bro. Come on now, I'm not apologizing. Uh,
0: yeah, you for would that. be 100% you me be honest, so then.
1: Like, she talking about I'm a piece of shit, I ain't shit, I'm an asshole, I don't care about other people's feelings. Come on now, bro. That's some some bullshit, bro. Come on now. Like, I don't got no ill will to her. I hope the best for her and all that shit, but we're not going to talk bad on me like that, bro. After all I've done for for her, bro, we're not going to talk bad on me like that shit. Because I made a joke, bro. How sensitive you have to be to not take a joke, bro? And everyone who know me know I joke around all the time. So we're not going to do that shit, bro. And if you want to like live your life apologizing to everyone who offends you, bro? That ain't it. That ain't how you live life, bro. I'm gonna let you know now. And if someone who don't think that right, then y'all can come talk to me about that shit. Cause that, that ain't no way to live. way to live your life, bro. I'm, I'm gonna be honest with you.
0: Basically, my man said he said what he said. He's unapologetic about it. And if anybody disagree, they could eat a dick.
1: That's basically how I feel, bro. That's basically how I feel because, bro, you go, like, in life, you go and offend people, bro. People are not gonna like shit that you say. People are not gonna like sh- shit that you do. Bro, you're not about to just, like, apologize every single time you offend somebody. You go your whole entire life apologizing. You think Kobe apologizes to people? You think Brown apologizes to people for offending somebody throughout their career and shit? You think, you think Bill Gates apologizes to people? Come on now, bro. Nah, we not doing that, bro.
0: I also feel like <clears throat> um, me personally, I don't know if you agree, but there is a level of professionalism that I would have liked to, that I like to maintain. Bro, and, with this and if the, we really want to get,
1: if we really want to get into shits, M didn't care about this shit, bro. If we really want to give a fuck, if we really want to care, bro, I I don't know. you probably not going to say because you're professional, but I'm going to give, I'm going to keep it a be with everybody <laughs> that's listening. M did not give that's, two that's fucks I, about this shit, That's what I was shit, about to bro. get into. That's what Damn, I'm did not give um, She didn't like want to. She saying, didn't want to promote this shit. She didn't want to do no extra work. She's talking about give me a job. No, bro. I'm not trying to like. I'm just. That's just what I saw, bro. I could be wrong, but that's how I, I felt.
0: Before, um, there is a level of professionalism that I would like for, uh, this platform to be conducted with, and I would say that all... That wasn't being carried out at all times on her. Bro you,
1: know, bro, you know what we get into every single day, bro. We talk about this shit all the time. We talk about, oh, how can we make it better? How can we do this? How can I get this? Who can I get on here? She, we we asking her, oh, who do you want to interview? How do you feel about this? I don't care. I don't care. Anybody. I don't care. That's fine. Come on now. Like, we trying to actually, like, do something, like, productive around here, bro. Not, we don't need I don't cares around here. Actually yeah, I saw definitely. something. Let me say. Let me see. I found some. Saw something on like Instagram today. It's like you can't get corrected without being offended. You'll never go in life, bro. That oh, shit shit. sucked sucking oh, me today, bro. That shit was perfect that, for that right hit. here. That shit, hit, bro. that shit hit, bro. I
0: just, I just feel like, um, like I said, she didn't um, always carry out that level of professionalism. Like as a person, I love her, but I do feel like uh, it just wasn't a good fit for what we were trying to do and that's okay because sometimes you know you're going you're not always going to be a good fit for certain projects that you do with certain people but you know sometimes you just got to realize that early like we did and you know go our separate ways and you know just keep doing what we doing um i have no bad blood you know i'm saying i don't got no bad blood to her either i hope i hope she you know whatever she decides to be next I hope whatever she decides she to do next, uh, you know what I'm saying, she succeeds at. But this that de- this definitely it, it I guess it just wasn't for her, and, and that's cool. But um our our goal here is to give the best possible content that we can. And um, I think that's all we have to say about that, unless you have something something more. Nah, I'm good.
1: You have me in my fucking Joe Button
0: bag real quick. My fault, bro. My fault, bro. I didn't mean to take you there to that place. But um, I think now we're gonna segue on to our interview. Um, it's a very special interview today. We good. What's up, everybody? Today we got a very special guest in the building on the on the socially distant podcast. We got Marcus Singleton, international basketball superstar. Uh, thank you for being here with us, Marcus. You know, how you feeling today?
2: I'm good man, I'm just irritated and bored. I feel you on yeah, that. Man, I
0: hear that. How you holding up during the quarantine?
2: I mean, most of the stuff I do anyway ain't affected man, but most importantly man, like I just try to keep myself busy, try not to look at CNN and the news too much, try to look at it just enough to have some idea what's going on, but Yeah, yeah. Just try to keep myself busy.
0: Yeah, I think now it's important to uh do your own research and not get it from the, the news media because they're going to skew it the way they
1: want to skew it. Definitely going to skew it the way they want to skew
0: it.
2: Most definitely.
0: But um, you know we going we going to get right into our interview. You know what I'm saying? Uh, Marcus, can you tell the people a little bit about who you are and you know what you what you do? <clears throat>
2: My name is Marcus Singleton, <laughs> aka OT, aka Must See, aka International OT two on five you know but um yeah man um all juice aside um I'm a retired professional basketball player I played in uh, South America and Asia for about five six years I've been coaching and um uh, and training over in Southeast Asia for the past three years um you know I'm just uh I'm just I'm just I'm just your average guy, man that just never gave up. Kept pushing through all the negativity, all the no's, all the doors that was closing. I'm just a prime example of someone that can tell people that all you have to do is believe in yourself, man. Anything is possible, man. You're going to have doubters in life. Yep. You're going to have people that put like Jay-Z say, you're going to have people that put their fears on you because they're afraid to do it. Mm -hmm. But, um, you know, I'm just an ordinary guy that just, like, chased his dream. And, you know, I didn't make it to the NBA, but I was able to successfully play professional basketball overseas for a few years, form a lot of relationships, um, start some businesses, and now I'm coaching and training kids now, you know?
1: So, like, let's talk more, like, about, like, where did you first, like, started playing basketball?
2: Let's just go over there. Uh, To be honest um basketball wasn't even my first sport my first sport was baseball um but i probably started playing basketball at like the age of maybe eight or nine years old mm-hmm. maybe eight or nine Um, that's when i first started playing it uh i wasn't really like passionate and in love with it in the beginning um i first became passionate and real serious about it um when i first seen uh michael jordan and i believe that was the when i first saw him play i think that was the 91 or 90 i think 91 when he won his first championship yeah um matter of fact it wasn't 91 i was too young then this was i think nine six when they when they beat uh utah okay okay uh, when i was around All like right. 10 or 11 years old that's when that i really started five? taking it real serious around that mm-hmm. time
0: so tell us tell us about the the journey that basketball that that basketball took you on and all the things that you was able to do, uh, but through the game of basketball. Uh,
2: anybody can tell you I'm i I'm a prime example of a journeyman. I should be the number one journeyman. I should be in the Hall of Fame. A journeyman. <laughs> you know um, where can I start? Um, it just was it was a journey. It was a tough road. It was plenty of bumps. Um, where can I start? So basically, from elementary to middle school, you know, I was real skinny, smaller than everybody, um, was athletically awkward, as you could say. Um, I was a late bloomer, so um, I really didn't play at all. You know, I went to camps. um, I played in leagues at the YMCA's um think positive image like all the like stuff that everybody else was playing in in the city but like I wasn't really playing um only time I really got a chance to play was in camps when they gotta let you play um high school I got cut twice in high school I got cut in 10th grade and 12th grade I got cut twice in high school that was hard um you know I, I played around um I didn't go to go to class all the time. I didn't have the best grades. Most of the time I was either academically ineligible or, um, you know, I was so bad to the point that I wasn't like no Iverson. So the coach in the school didn't want to even let me play. Mm -hmm. So high school, it was pretty much, it was was the hardest for me. Um, I would come to practice and um, the coach would like, I would come to trials. I would do my thing Sister coach would be there cause our, our coach was the disciplinary um, eight at the same time. So I would always be in his office all the time for stuff. So mm. he would tell me, don't come to tryouts and I would come anyway. And like, once he'll get there, he'll just kick me out. So I like had no chance, but I just would go for the wreck. I would get there early, cook everybody, go at the best players or whatever, or get cooked myself and just be out. So high school was hard. Um, I didn't really get a real chance to really play until so I went to Lord Marion when I moved out there. Um, Coach Downer gave me a workout when I went for orientation, gave me a little private workout, killed the John. Uh, he had me do my vertical. Uh, he, made, he wanted to see how how good my vertical leap was. He had me shoot, had me do conditioning. I killed the John. All Mackey made the team, went through practice, killed everybody, tryouts, made the team, played in a couple um, scrimmages, preseason games. But again, same problem. Couldn't keep my grades up. Um, gave me one chance, told me to get my grades up. Mark and Prayer came again, let me go. So then that pretty much was it was all the high school ball I played. Mm-hmm. Then, then um, after high school, um, I didn't go to college right away uh, for the first two years. First two years, I went the street ball route. When I was coming up and one was really, the move like yeah. a lot of people wanted to be on the N1 tour and make it to uh, get an N1 contract but even more yeah, than make it to that. the NBA. Yeah,
1: you know, I remember that.
2: so that's how it was in my era, like because it was more realistic, you know, it was more realistic. Them dudes is regular dudes, yeah, because um, it, it was just more realistic. Like, it was fun. Like, you got sold out arenas, you could do tricks, you're going here, there, you're getting free gear, you're going everywhere. It was just it became more of a dream for me. So I did that for first two years out of high school, I did that. Cross everybody up in the neighborhood, all the leagues doing slip and slides, all kind of crazy stuff. People mad at me that I'm doing it, but in the beginning, <laughs> but then you know, irking people, but then later on, you know, I got really good at it. So then I was putting on shows and getting ISOs and all that, you know. But it but it wasn't doing nothing really for me. I was just bragging right? so I did that. Then um, when I hit the age of 20, that's when uh, my mom told me I had to stop playing around and get my life together and do something with myself. I'm grown now. So that's when I went to community college, uh, Delaware County. I went there, um, my first year there, made the team, Had the same problem. Grades, messed up, um, was cool but I I still was able to play. So I played my my first year, the first half, then the second half I couldn't play because I ended up, actually I played the second half because my first half, I ended up, I got stabbed, you know, and I had to withdraw out of school and all that. So it was really rough for me. So then doctor told me I wouldn't be able to play ball for at least six to eight months. But like I said, I never let nobody tell me what I could or couldn't do. Mm-hmm. So I got back on the court within three months and got right to it, played the second half of that year, then came back the following year, didn't play much the first year. Second, I think first year I averaged like, uh, I think like 12 like points, five rebounds and like I think like three assists. My sophomore year, I stepped it up. I averaged like 15, like eight rebounds and like five assists. You know, and then from there, I started getting offers like at D2 and D1 schools to transfer. After I was done my eligibility there, couldn't keep my grades up, man. Fooling around C minus C plus grades. So a lot of my, my bumpy road was on my was my fault. But I did that. And uh actually Phil Martelli, I knew him from going to the camps and all that from ages eight to eighteen. I, I talked to him, he actually gave me a green light, said if I could get and graduated at DCCC with a 2-5, um, he said that I will automatically be on the team and I would be good, I'll have to earn my own playing time. Got up to like a 2-4, couldn't get to 2-5, man. So I lost that opportunity. So then from there, I'm losing all the offers because I can't get my grades up and, and my clock is, is ticking. So then I ended up transferring to Slippery Rock University where my junior college coach knew the coach there so he got me recruited there and i was going to go there and play and then last minute they fired a coach they bring in another coach so then i'm i'm stuck there's no other school so i go there and i had to try out so i went from having a spot to having to try out everybody that's played collegiate basketball they know when new coaches come in to bring in their own recruits how it goes mm-hmm. You know, so I had to exactly prove myself. True. So all that all that all that time at, at, at JUCO from getting stabbed from fooling around taking almost two and a half years to finish a two-year program, I burnt up most of my eligibility on the D2 level. My D one clock was done. I only had let me see, I think I had, yeah, I had two semesters left, but I only played two years at the JUCO so um because i didn't have my um associate's degree in time i had to sit for a semester so i only had one semester left so he just was like "It's no point so then i just practiced and i played in the murals with the team and all that and did that and i just worked out and stayed in shape Mm. and just like just always was in the gym always was lifting always was running and just stayed ready like i was in better shape than dudes that was on the team Mm-hmm. You know, like I was lifting with them. I was calling them up, like, yo, you trying to go running. Like I like, like, we was like getting it in. So then after after all that, when I finished all that, I was like, man, I probably won't never play ball like on a high stage ever again. But I just, you know, I didn't give up. I came home, played in the little leagues and stuff like that, stayed in shape. And then uh from there, bam. And then from there. I just, I kept playing in like rec leagues. And then there was a semi pro team that started in West. I started playing with them, uh, played a few games. And then I got a call from a guy named Calvin Brown um, that had a team from Maryland in the same minor league, pro league. And he took me with a couple of his guys from the DMV down there and we played on um, like a, a two, three month tour. like. It was like similar to and one, but it wasn't. Like we was like, I'm talking about crazy. Like we had sold-out arenas. Like I'm talking about like no exaggeration. Like I'm talking about like worse than probably what I see LeBron and Curry and them go through when I watch them on <laughs> TV. Like I'm talking about like I walk, cause you gotta understand, like these people never seen Americans. Yeah. I, and, and I'm in Lima, Peru. I'm down in South America. These people never seen Americans. And then the, and then on top of that. They definitely never seen no black Americans. Yeah. And then third, black American basketball players. Yeah. So like yeah. this is the closest they're gonna get to like being around these NBA players. So like I'm talking about walking in the arenas. I'm talking about like I got a hat on, somebody snatched the hat off my head, walking <laughs> in. I'm talking about like crazy, like women screaming, begging me to give them their number, their Facebook, like. Like, put my on Facebook, Facebook, like, like, I'm talking about, like, crazy, like, to the point that, like, I'm like, yo, at this is what I'm going to do down here, what they go through on a daily basis, like, I'm talking about, I can't even eat with my teammates in the mall, people walking up to me with the, I'm talking about, like, not even asking, like, putting a pen in the paper in my face while I'm eating, like, it, that was just, like, a humbling experience, man, like, some people down there let it go to their head, but it was, like, a humbling experience, so that's where I really started. You know what I'm saying? On that tip. And I did that two years in a row out there, form relationships and all that. And then from there, bam. Then I just started getting phone calls from people like, yo, come to this camp. Come here. Come there. Go there. Get cut. Go to the next one. Get cut. Go to the next one. I give up. Bam, 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 bam. Mind you, I'm a 6'2 guard. So we dying in this business. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? So like, I'm grinding bad so then after after all that then i just kept i just kept pushing and 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 and, and um i ended up getting a call i went out to dr got invited out there was playing in tournaments out there um i ended up being on the same team as jimichi rice y'all know jimichi rice is that's the youngest son of glenn rice mm. so I'm, I'm in there practice one day when rice comes walking and practice well i'm looking Mind you, I was a kid when he was playing for real. So like he walked in, I'm looking like, yo man, where do I know this dude from? And then like, I'm looking like, yo, that scratch man. I'm like, yo, that's Glenn Rice. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So then from there, I'm just forming relationships. You know what I mean? From there, like from there. And then from there, like I just kept grinding. Every time I came home, I would just go go get back in the gym. And then I had opportunities I got invited to go out LA and train with the pros and a lot of them NBA guys would be in the summertime. And I just went out there for like four summers in a row. And every time I was home, I went out LA. Practice. Who like I'm telling you? I was in the gym with the Thompson brothers, Clay and Michael Thompson one time. One time Stanley Johnson was in the gym. Harding came in there. JaVel McGee, like just a lot of people that like people would be like, yo. Like, I'm talking about, like, this regular, like, no Hollywood, like, no, let me get your autograph. Like, dudes, just come in. Yo, what's good, bro? Where you from? Type, just get to it. Yeah. Before Rico Hines, I don't even know if Rico Hines had that going on at that time. I think it was just starting. But I'm just out there, like, with all these type guys, man. And I'm, like, in the gym with them working out, pooping, working on my my game, my conditioning. I'm just in there with them. And it's like, that was my first time really being around them type dudes saying and playing against them and like, yeah, like it's really levels to this. Like, yes. like it's really levels to yeah. this. Like, I'm talking about effortless, like no sweat, just like, I'm talking about like the worst NBA player you see in there will give you a hundred. Like, <laughs> like, like with no problem, damn. like I'm out Venice Beach, George Hale, he an average NBA player. I'm talking about he getting 50 balls out there in one half.
1: God damn.
2: Like, like easy. So then from there, I, I formed relationships with people and I grinded and I just got to where I needed to get. And then from there, I got that's when I got flew out Asia and I start getting out there in that mix. And then next thing I know, I'm out Mongolia where Genghis Khan and I'm from. I'm out there, <laughs> I'm, saying, I'm out Mongolia. First, when they said Angolia, they said Mongolia. I'm thinking of Angolia, like when Barkley back in the day, dream team, elbowed the dude in his chest. I know, yeah, yeah, yeah. I know, That's yeah. I'm thinking, like, I ain't going over no Angolia. I'm cool. But <laughs> well, they like, they like King is Khan. I'm like, for real? So I go over there. That experience was crazy, though. That experience, uh, like, so- I'm talking about, it was nothing like the DR in, in Peru where it was love. I'm talking about everywhere I go, people trying to fight. Yeah. Like, Rumble like Mongolia, like I'm talking about, like I couldn't do nothing. Like you can't go to the club, dudes trying to swing on you. You can't go out to to, to, to to the restaurant, the bar. I'm talking about like it was it was just bad. Like that was the only country where I've been where like I, I love y'all out there. You mean no disrespect, y'all could be like that's the first I ever been where I felt unwanted. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. the only place I ever been, and and I wasn't really feeling it there. I had a homie from college that was playing in Singapore, Southeast Asia. He's yeah, like, look, it's three teams out here looking for a guard right now, man. Bam, I, I negotiated with the three teams, and that's how I ended up in Singapore. I played with two different teams out there. And then from there, like I said, the relationships kept going. And then so that's where I'm at now, where I'm training, coaching kids. So like, I go over to any of them countries in Asia anytime I want and do my own private lessons, set up my own camps, or do a collaboration with somebody else. But like it, not, it was never given to me. Like nobody, never like yo. That's my man. Give him a jersey, mm-hmm. look out, or or or, or, or like I, to my new my mom or knew my uncles. Nah, it was. Not, I ain't never. I don't know what it's like to have no silver platter laid out for you on no basketball court. I had to always work for it.
1: Yeah, for you on that. So like, let's go. Off, let's go off those like moments that you had like overseas. What was your favorite? What was your least favorite?
0: You
2: think? Uh. I say you talking about like 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 just being out and about or you mean like like your like
0: your best memories playing basketball overseas and, and your worst memories playing basketball overseas? Uh
2: okay, best memories. My best memory, my best memory, I would say, was in Peru. Because over there, I really felt like a rock star. Like I couldn't go nowhere <laughs> without nobody running up. Asking for an autograph or somebody giving me something free. Like, I walk in the store. No, it's okay on me. Mm -hmm. Like, over there, it was like, I really like, like, that was the best, that was the best experience. Like, to this day, I ain't been out there since like 2013. If I pulled up, there's a plenty of places I could just pull up and I would be good. Like, wouldn't need no money or nothing. Mm -hmm. Like, I mean, that was the best situation um, as far as like that. But as far as the worst, I would say in Mongolia, like one time I was out in the club, one time with my teammates, and we having a good time and everything, and, and we sitting there at the table, you know, laughing, talking, having drinks or whatever. And, you know, the ladies around, but um, the worst experience was like they had in, in Asia, they had like they don't like to smoke in the clubs. So they have like smoke rooms inside the where you have to go smoke, but it's like closed off. So like I was with my team and like everybody out there smokes cigarettes heavy. Like I'm telling them they smoke cigarettes before practice, after, like it's nothing. And still be in shape, like, you know?
0: (laughs) That's uh, different. That's that's like some 1950s level different shit.
2: Yeah, Mm -hmm. that's how they are. Like, you know, you see somebody in the States chain smoking cigarettes, they not gonna be able to outrun you on no court when it's time to do suicides. Mm -hmm. But over there, don't be fooled. But like we was in the club, we was, I was in the smoking room with them chilling while they were sitting there smoking. And this dude walked up, he was like, um, probably about your size gig, maybe a little taller, walked up on me and was like, hey, I ne- I never met Amer- like black American players. I love y'all, y'all are the best. Took a picture, selfie, shook my hand and all that. They're like, I was with them later on in the room again, they went back in there like an hour later. Going there, same dude comes in. So, you know, the energy, the vibe was cool. So when I see him walk in, I don't think nothing, like there's no negative, like mm-hmm. nothing gonna happen. He come in, he like, I forgot to tell you something. I'm like, what? He comes up to me and like takes his two fingers and like hits me like this, like this. So I look at him, like, like my reaction, like, yo, what you doing? He seemed a little bent because the way he moving, Mm -hmm. so like he tapped me. I'm like, I'm looking at him like, he like, I forgot to tell you something. I'm like, what's that? He was like, "Um, we don't like you and I, you know what, over here. And then from the gate, before I could even react, he just tried to take my head off. And I just like ducked it, I ducked, and then all my bulls I was with out there, they just started tussling with them in the club. They just start tussling and then we left. So that was that was the worst experience because like I was lit and I mind you, this ain't like no European country or no other country in Asia where a lot of Americans or foreigners are there for business, for mm. teaching, for playing, basketball, soccer. I'm in Mongolia where it's probably 30 foreigners in total in the country. Uh, black people probably, Let me start. Americans probably like ten out of out of maybe fifteen out of all them fifteen Americans, maybe it's five or six blacks there. Yeah, you can understand like the ratio, how much I'm outnumbered.
0: Mm -hmm. So like you, you ain't had no numbers on your side, nothing.
2: (sighs) No, I had my my I had one teammate, um, Kashif Watson, that was a. I, oh yeah, CJ Watson brother used to play for the Magic. He was he was there with me. I had him there with me. Smush Parker and to to Hashim Tabiq was out there. But you know, they was NBA former NBA players. So you know they didn't mingle with like the rest well, of them. Yeah.
1: yeah, yeah. They they, yeah. they
2: were doing their own thing.
1: So when you say that that was your biggest uh culture shock, like yeah, out that, there.
2: Yeah, because everywhere I ever went is always love. That was the first place where like I had to really like it was worse than being back in the hood back in Philly, like having mm-hmm. to look over my shoulder, seeing if somebody gonna sucker punch me. That that's how yeah. that's how bad it was out there. Like it, it, it was I like, heard oh, I heard
0: no. I heard that it get kind of violent over there in like the Southeast Asian countries a little bit. And the
2: Yeah, it depends on which country you in though. Um Most of the Islamic, like the Muslim Asian countries is pretty peaceful. Like Singapore, um, Malaysia, they got, got gotta watch what I say, cause I might be back over there, you know. Uh, (laughs) Malaysia is like, it's straight. They got um, JB um a small like city on the border of Singapore, it's like people be getting robbed and cri- but like their standards of like violence is like they might have like five people get robbed in a year and they think it's like the most dangerous place to be. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. So like um they're they're pretty Indonesia, it's straight there. Another like Muslim ain't no problems there. Um, Philippines, you know, they they wouldn't hurt a fly. They Philippine, like. Filipino people, they don't want no trouble, no violence. Um, it's pretty chill. You don't worry about nobody. Really. The places in Southeast Asia where it's crazy probably at, I would say probably like Cambodia, yeah. probably wild out there. I ain't never been to Cambodia. Um, probably Cambodia, um, Vietnam, maybe. I don't know, I've never been to Vietnam. Mm. Um. But yeah, so it it, it, it get. It get crazy. Some probably Thailand probably could get a little crazy, but it, it it also depends on who you who you hang with, who you around, yeah. what you yeah, looking yeah, into. Yeah. You know, if you out there thinking, oh, I'm an American and I could talk to y'all anyway, I feel like it because I'm from the U.S. And you being you 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 being in in, in in some in some deep, you know what, man.
0: <laughs> yeah, for sure. So like out of all the all the places you've been in your career, what's what's your favorite place uh to play at? Like where what was your favorite place that you played?
1: Like your arena <laughs> could be nothing to fan, something like just that how you had your best game, some like favorite, whatever, favorite place.
2: Uh I would say the favorite place I played would be Singapore because it was very safe. Um, very secure, you don't gotta worry about no violence, nothing like that, Mm -hmm. but like from fans and all that. But like, um, I would say Singapore because like everybody in in the country, when we were playing, they people would leave work, would leave school early. I would say there. I would say the most challenging place I ever played, like as far as like, I would say the DR. Because when I played in the DR, like we was like straight in the hood, like dudes on the sideline with with machetes in their hand, talking crazy. Stuff like that. Like that was the most challenging place, I would say. Even though Mongolia had to deal Mm -hmm. with all that, but like I didn't have people like on the side of the bench with a machete in their hand. Mm
1: -hmm. Yeah. So like what was your – what do you think was your best game throughout all your career that you can
2: think of off the top of your head? Not not just professional, just anywhere. Anywhere, anywhere. Um, I like, my, me- my best game was my sophomore year of college. Um, we had a scrimmage with a uh, American Christian with Tyreek Evans. Um, they used to practice at the same facility where we practice at, um, and they wanted to give an early glimpse of Tyreek Evans. Everybody knew who was going to NBA, so C and came out um and it was it was crazy like in it, it, the game was like right outside of chester so it was like all of chester like no philly mm-hmm. it's just me and like one of my teammates from philly and that was it so it was like me versus first them in the whole city of chester i'm talking about like i watched tyree evans like i used to see him practice i used to see him like shoot lift when i used to have practice And i used to see him but like in the layup line like i'm talking about like in the layup line, I'm talking about he, he doing all kind of like layups. The layup package was one thing about him. Like his layup package was crazy. Mm-hmm. I like,
1: seen highlights on him yesterday on NBA TV. Like in jelly, like his real layup, rap.
2: like the way he would just like hold, he'll hold the ball up in his hand, cuff it, like his layup. Like it ain't too many people messing with his layup package. Like mm-hmm. his layup package was crazy. His handles. That's crazy, one of the things the, that had
0: me think he was going to be a superstar, for real, for real. Yeah.
2: The crazy thing about him, the, but the, the one thing was crazy about him was, like, the, his form, when he shot it, it looked like he wouldn't make it. But, like, it was wild because the scouting report on him was that, like, make him shoot, he couldn't shoot. But, like, he could shoot. Like, it, it yeah. was, like, he was so skilled. Like, I wasn't used to, like, you got to understand, as I got, in, like, I was much younger then. But, like, it wasn't – he had that whole – what can I say? He had that playground game, like Flip Murray. Like,
0: yeah, he had that yeah. playground
2: game. You could, like, you could tell who got good by dribbling around cones their whole life and who actually, like, learned on the playground. You could tell that he learned on the playground. I mm-hmm. mean, but, like, that game was crazy. Like, um, I was young. I only was, like – I was older than him, though, but I probably was, like – like 20, 21, he might've been like 18, but he was like 10 times better than me. <laughs> but like, I remember like our best player, um, he was like, much older than us? He was like 25. You know, when you play in Juco, you can have people of all ages. Yeah. yeah. So like we had this dude on our team, Lorenzo, if he hear this podcast, he'll be mad, but look, facts is facts. Lorenzo <laughs> was playing scared, man. He was playing scared. Um, it was him and another guy. They were older guys do man. And he could jump out the gym. They both from Delaware. He was, they both was 25. So like our coach thinking they like the place to put the oldest guys on him, man. I'm telling my, he was playing scared. Everybody was playing scared. Like he called a timeout. He said, man, everybody's scared, man. He put me in. I got my chance, man. I said to myself, I'm looking at Tyree Evans. I'm telling my he's he doing whatever he want to do. Layup packages, step backs shooting the ball behind his head or like it just was crazy i said to myself i said yo i said i get in the game man i'm gonna make sure this dude remember me and know who i am mm-hmm. that, that's 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 just how i just was at the whole game before i got in, i am just looking like yo man i'm guarding him and he's going to remember if you don't remember my name he's gonna remember the light skin ball something He yeah. he's he gonna remember something and as soon as i got in, man I hopped in my Patrick Beverly mode. Like it didn't do me no good, but I hopped in my Patrick Beverly mode. Like like soon as 94 feet him all the way up. I'm talking about, I'm up on him. Like, I'm talking about like I'm up on I'm up on him to the point that like I almost can kiss him, pause. Like, like I'm like I'm, I'm, I'm up on him. I'm up on him. Mm. I'm I'm up on him. And like it's just so easy for him. Like he's just like smiling, laughing, dribbling, just doing whatever. But every time I had the ball, man, if he wasn't guarding me, I asked for a ball screen to get him on me. And I just was going at him. The cameras was rolling. The whole Chester was there. And like, you know how dudes like that, they don't take it as serious as you. So Mm -hmm. they played it sweet in the beginning. So he didn't know me. So anybody that know me know not to get me Rondo or Ben Simmons room. Mm -hmm. So he was was leaving me, giving me space. I was just pulling them Jones. I probably hit like three, four trays in a row on him. And I just was going at him and ones and all that. Like it, it that was probably the, the, like the best, like my career. Like I finished the game with, with like, it basically was like a Reese Rice and LeBron situation. Not saying mm-hmm. I'm on LeBron or Reese Rice level or he is, but it was like, we got blew out, but I, we was going at it. Like I finished the game with 28 8 and 8. I was two rebounds and two assists shy of a triple double. He finished the game Damn. with like 50. Like, I think he had like seven or eight rebounds and probably had like 15 assists. And we ended up losing the game by almost 50. You know what I'm saying? But that, because that, that, I was going at him, like, and after the game, he was like, man, good game, man, good game, man. You got a future in basketball. You know what I'm saying? From there, that just that really that really like had me feeling myself. Mm-hmm. You know what yeah. I'm saying? But that that was the one time when I was like, man, I'm gonna go at this dude. And the crazy thing is, I they recorded the game, but they pulled a a, a Jordan Crawford on me when Jordan Crawford dunked on LeBron and they pulled that footage. Like <laughs> they wasn't trying to give up that tape, not saying I destroyed him. But like, I was going at him, like, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And like, nobody could see the score in the highlight jump. So I'm harassing my coach. I'm trying to get the information and seeing, and I'm trying to get the film. I'm trying to use that, you know what I'm saying? To, 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 get, to, get, to get myself looked at, to, to get some, I'm like, yo, who this book going at Tyree Evans, even though he was younger than me in prep school. You know, I was trying to get that jump, but they confiscated that tape, man.
1: Damn. <laughs> That's John, Damn. they did uh, MJ Brown. John, I seen you seen that picture the other day on Twitter.
0: <laughs> oh yeah, when, uh, Brown beat MJ. at camp.
1: Yeah, they deleted that footage too.
0: But uh, they, did. they they be deleting footage when Mike get beat. But it's cool though. It's cool.
2: <laughs> you know, I'm not gonna go there. Today. I don't believe it. I don't believe Mike lost, man. To Brown, I don't know. I don't believe it. when Brown was when Brown was 18. I believe it. Listen anybody on this earth i believe them losing a one-on-one but anybody tell me they beat kobe or jordan i need proof i need footage (laughs) (laughs) i say they can be beat but they've lost one-on-ones before to somebody Mm -hmm. i just need to know who and i need proof of it stackhouse (laughs) talking about because everybody know kobe used to destroy stackhouse at the Mm -hmm. bellevue when he was in high school stackhouse Mm -hmm. said recently that he won most of them games. Where's the footage? We don't believe you.
1: Yeah. Definitely don't believe that.
2: I mean, he so, uh, probably did beat him, though. You got to think about it. Stackhouse, a grown man in the NBA. Kobe was skilled, At but point, he ain't had that yeah. grown man strength. Back I'm pretty WC. much sure Stackhouse beat him one on one, but like I said, I got to see it.
1: Yeah. Yeah. What's we the worst? Agents? What's the worst, like, agent story or, like, payment story, like, you ever heard
2: of, or something like that? Something crazy? Uh, my worst. My worst experience mm, with an agent, let me see. Mm, Let me think, And you got me thinking. I'm like 50, you got to think back. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, my, my, let me see. Yeah, my, my worst experience was this agent I had, I forget his name, but it was called, I think it was called Aspire Management guy from like i think he was from like ohio mm-hmm. was, was managing me when i was playing semi-pro in the states he was like the most unprofessional he reminded me of like a public defender that walks in a courtroom with like a two with a suit looks like he got it from the salvation army <laughs> um like he just like he wasn't working like he did i would be like yo what's up you got opportunity for me i let you let you know um it no. but i never had no like If you ask me, like, did anybody ever swindle me out any money or do anything sexy like that? Nah. Um, I I fired um, one of my agents, my actual second agent. His name was Juan Carlos Garcia. Um, He just was lazy. Mm -hmm. Like, I was getting offers and doing stuff on my own. And I, I won't say I had the best resume to work with, but he just was lazy. Like, I just was getting doing so much on my own and i was he got to the point that like he got so mad when i when i got this job offer and he was trying to get his cut but i told him like you didn't help me get this job i got this on my own and like i had like a little battle with him like to get him out his contract with me to get another but that was it um had this guy john watson in australia he was from australia he was the best agent i had like i'm talking about he always would check on me asking me, how's my family doing. Um he would like this this like call me, ask me like regular stuff like how am I feeling. He would like um send me like advances before I got my money from my contracts. Like um invite me to come visit, now I could bring my girl down mm-hmm. there, stay at his home. Like he just he was like he made me feel like it was more than just business. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, uh, so, like, what's your uh,
1: advice to, like, young Coopers that want to, like, probably, like, make the NBA or if they're not good enough, make the NBA, go play overseas? My best
2: advice to, to people, number one, do your schoolwork. Don't make it easier for a coach to cut you because your grades ain't right or make a coach mm-hmm. be forced to cut you because mm-hmm. your grade's not right. That's the first thing I want to tell people. Don't play around in school. Because there are so many people who didn't make it to the NBA or didn't play D1 ball or didn't get to play pro ball overseas just because they couldn't keep their grades up. Because yeah. I tell people, most there are most coaches know that there's talent out here and the reason why these guys didn't play D1 ball is because their grades wasn't right or they couldn't pass their SATs. Mm. But then there's some coaches and scouts that will think, that, oh, he didn't play D1 ball, he not good enough, you know? Mm-hmm. And then, most importantly, there's plenty that say, oh, well, he ain't that serious. He, he ain't want to keep his grade." That's, that's the next thing I want to tell me. next thing I want to tell people is don't let nobody, like, tell you that you can't play at a certain level or you not good enough, you know? If a person gives you constructive criticism, then listen to them because they're telling you something that you can improve on and most likely maybe let me say that but listen to constructive criticism if someone can really, if they're really trying to be helpful.
1: Yeah, but they really
2: care they really care. They, because they care because a lot of people will give you criticism but you can tell they don't care for you to get better at what they're criticizing you on but I tell people that the young guys be able to take criticism if a guy says, coach tells you that you're good but your fundamentals stink, believe him. He tells you you need to work on your conditioning, believe him. He tells you your IQ stinks, believe him. These guys come from an era where it was more mental than physical and they know what they're talking about. Yeah. That's the best thing I can tell people. Listen to those people. Um, mm. Do your schoolwork and don't fool around. And if, if, if a coach tells you you're not playing after high school. You're not playing after college. Use that as motivation. Don't let people tell you what you can't do because when people tell you that, sometimes people could really be telling you that to motivate you, which you'll never know.
1: Yeah, you gotta be able. To, you gotta be able to like take that criticism and like
0: and make it sound positive. Exactly. And,
2: and another thing: don't think just because somebody ranks higher than you or averaged more points than you that you can't compete with them or don't think that that means that you don't belong in a court with them. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. I tell people that all the time, man, they humans, they breathe just like us. Everybody has a bad game.
1: Yeah. All right. So, uh, future goals. What's next? I know you got a couple companies out there and everything you want to like talk yeah. about
0: that. You know, bit. we, yeah, we got a lot of time on our hands, so I'm sure you contemplating <laughs> on, you know, what's, what's going on next for you.
2: We sure do have a lot of time on our hands. Um, Well, what's current for me is I've been retired from playing professionally for the past almost four years. Um, I've been, you know, I started the little basketball academy I got up here um, at the JCC. I got the OT's um, skills and drills academy. So that what that is, is um, I mentor youth on not just basketball on life um i treat i teach just fundamentals um you can learn all them tricks from somebody else um i do one-on-one instruction i do group classes i got that um i got two clover lines i got an urban clothing line here in philly um called pro shit pro stuff um It represents being the best version of yourself, but being a professional, not just on a basketball court, but whatever you're passionate about, whatever you're serious about, just giving it your all. Mm -hmm. Um, I have a sports apparel brand in Makati, uh, Metro, Manila, Philippines, um, called OT Sportswear. Um, It's a brand um, inspired by me, OT, me, of course. And it basically represents um the journeyman the the guy that's told no a million times the guy that doesn't get no run at the park most of his um childhood that gets better like just to just tell people to just work every some people are late bloomers so everybody doesn't doesn't learn or excel 20 of people um were 10 times better than me in high school but after high school they couldn't tie my sneaks you know like that's the best thing i tell people with that and that's the future for me. Um with this coronavirus and everything, you know, I don't know what my future is gonna look like. Mm. You know? World might be all we might be the world might be over, you know. <laughs> we don't know. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. We laugh, Tomorrow we is not know.
0: promised.
1: That is yeah, definitely not promised.
2: We don't know. It's not tomorrow's not promised, and it definitely doesn't look promised with this coronavirus, COVID nineteen, man. So um that's what's next for me man besides that i want to eventually you know have my own um camp every summer um you know try to get some sponsors try to get like some like a free camp every summer or very low cost you know because everybody um ain't fortunate like me to have a parent to send them to camps growing yeah. up or you know to pay a trainer or like, you know, to work in a game to see how something to do, like to, to get, you know, some motivation to do something. So like that that that's what's next for me that I'm hoping I can do. And what I what basically I just want to do is I just want to just motivate people because I'm a prime example of a journeyman with anything, mm-hmm. not even just basketball. Yeah, like yeah. it's just not to give up and just just to work hard using motivation, man. I
1: mean
2: had mommy mentality and he was better than everybody. So yeah, that word. should tell people, he in the gym, we doing three a days. You know what I'm saying? He better than everybody almost and basically, not almost, he better, in his prime, he better than everybody in the NBA. Yeah, he's still Jim Ratton. So that should tell people something. Mm-hmm. You know?
0: Any, anything anything you wanna leave the people with before we wrap it up?
2: Uh, as far as basketball or anything? Anything. Anything, anything you
1: wanna say? Anything you wanna get off the show?
2: Um, I would just tell everybody, I know everybody is upset that they can't go to their high, couldn't go to their high school graduation. Can't go to their graduation their prom. Thank you for giving me that, their prom. Uh, One of my homies, you know, supposed to get married a few weeks ago, couldn't get married. Um, People having a hard time. I know the roughest thing people really having right now is not being able to have proper burial funerals for their loved ones. Mm -hmm. Um, My Mm -hmm. best advice I can say to people is to try to stay positive. Use use your time wisely. Take the good out of everything. It's good in everything. Take the good out of this. A lot of us are locked in our homes. Some of us still have to go to work, but majority of us. Um, are either laid off or aren't working at the time because of this or are in school because of this. So take this time to maybe um, clean out your computer and and create room, um, uh, reorganize your home, clean your home. Um, Just do all the things that you procrastinate about during the regular times before this happened. Just try to do that. Keep yourself busy. Trying to mm-hmm. look at the TV as much. Mm. Um, don't not, I would say not look at the TV at the news at all, but just try not to look at it as much because it is very draining and depressing. Right. But I've used this time to like, you know, just like I said, keep yourself busy, spend it with your family and just hope for the best. Yeah. Stop, stop yeah. spending this time arguing with people, whether mass work or Does mass work or are you going to get the vibe? Listen, just follow directions, use common logical sense and just just relax and stay calm, because Mm -hmm. I do believe that we will get past this. But what people have to do is stay positive, you know? Yeah.
0: Well, uh, we just wanted to thank you for coming on today. And, you know, we really appreciate you being our first guest Um, I think you just, you just set a high bar for the, for the next few people for for whoever comes after you. So we really appreciate that. Uh, we definitely learned a lot from you today.
2: I appreciate y'all having me. No problem.
1: All right.
2: Do it again. Anytime. Thanks.
1: All right. All right. So now, me and Gabe are going to talk about our favorite things from the past week. Uh, Gabe, do you want to go first?
0: Uh, yeah, man. Uh, so, you know, since we've been in the crib, we don't really got much to do, but just be on our phones and do shit like that all day. And I've been noticing a, a trend on TikTok.
1: Uh, What's the trend? There are
0: two trends on TikTok. Uh, it's the, uh, the young boy fans be like, and from all American be like, I don't I don't know if you y'all seen these, but these shits is really hilarious, bro. Like these niggas really be going around acting like they young boy being aggressive, like walking <laughs> around grabbing bread with their bare hands, squishing it. Uh, then the little Spencer James Jones, they talking about how Spencer be angry on the on the show. All American. It's, it's, it's honestly comical. There's a lot of people doing it but this it's one of them things that's not getting old the more you see it like cuz everybody doing it differently and I yeah. think it's funny and and you know I really I really like watching people express their creativity you know what I'm saying through TikTok it's it's a very creative place
1: Hey y'all go check out my TikTok y'all I just got 2000 views on my job bro. I'm up here I got I got doing? two I got 200 something likes bro they like yeah. my shit
0: You was yeah. running it up on the talk huh
1: I was. I'm trying to plug myself. I'm trying to get a TikTok thing, sorry. As you should,
0: bro. Go ahead, bro. What, should, what was your favorite thing from this week?
1: <laughs> my favorite thing is Quarantine Radio, bro, by Tory ah, Lanez, bro. Tory. <laughs> bro, that shit keep me entertained for hours, bro. I'm supposed to be doing shit. I'm just sitting here on my phone just entertained, bro. This nigga's really stupid as hell, bro. Like He just be saying, quarantine, quarantine all the time, bro.
0: Instagram really out here hating on my man Tori because he's not doing nothing to nobody. He just trying to help help these young women make a couple dollars, trying to keep us entertained. You know More, what I'm saying? During this trying time, but uh that Instagram joint. steady hating.
1: That's gonna come on tomorrow, actually. Keep it
0: being. Yeah, another another thing, another thing is uh the little the little DJ battles, the beat battles ah, that, that everybody's been having. Bro,
1: DJ Premier and, uh, and RZA. RZA. John was, John was amazing, was bro.
0: Steady. DJ D-Nice doing his little sets like nightly. Like, he really been doing a set every day on his little club quarantine live and hasn't repeated a song. And this has been bro, going on for like crazy. two weeks, bro. Two weeks. Like, shout out to all the people that's been, you know what I'm saying, doing their little DJ sets, doing little concerts from the crib. Like, this this is the type of stuff that's really keeping us going. Um y'all, y'all essential in my book, especially you, Tori. Especially you, Tori. You really like you really keeping me entertained, bro. You you out here, it's it's some it's some bitches you got out here and you keeping their lights on, Tori. You keeping <laughs> their lights on. All they gotta do is pour a bottle of milk on themselves, Tori. That's they doing they making more bread on their little cash app than they do from their job. Right now, all because of you, Tori. That's essential. That's essential work. <laughs> Fuck out of here.
1: <laughs> All right. Well, I think because I think that concludes
0: this week's episode <laughs> of the socially distant podcast. Uh, just know that we post every Wednesday at three on Spotify and SoundCloud. The YouTube comes out a day later at three o'clock. Um, follow us on Instagram and Twitter. Yeah, I'll put those links in the. In the bio.
1: Oh, thanks to everyone that just followed us, all new followers. appreciate y'all. Definitely we up to, definitely, we up to like a 100, 150 I think, on Instagram. I don't know what we had on Twitter, but I appreciate y'all, all of y'all.
0: Definitely, definitely thank y'all for uh following and um supporting supporting the movement we got going on. Um, we appreciate everybody who've been here since day one, especially mm-hmm. and all the new people alike. Um uh just keep on growing with us and uh, one more thing, like I said last week, if you have some uh, music that you would like to be uh, have featured on the podcast, send it to our email. I'm gonna drop it on on the video right here. Uh, send it to our email. I'll post something on Instagram about it too. Don't don't put it in our our Instagram inboxes because we're not gonna look at it. Not at all. Don't don't answer our questions with with the link to your music because we're not gonna do that. Not at be all. Be professional about it. Be professional. Email us. Email us. You know what I'm saying? And, and you might get featured on here. You know what I'm saying? Because as we're growing our platform, we would like to see other people grow their platform, too. So, uh, so, you know, we, we're trying to put, put some people on that some people might not have heard. And, you know, the best way to grow is word of mouth. But that being said, thank you for tuning in for another week. And uh, we'll catch you all next week.
1: Peace.
2: Look, I'm the type to put 22 inches on the motherfucking bench Only fucking with myself, never follow trends Too many niggas got them so I stop wearing Timbs People shame, I do it for your wife and the friends Call the year gold frame, see the money through the lens Never ask a nigga what's his means to his ends If you ain't hustle with me, we ain't close enough friends And I'm a-